welcome to the debut Babinick Jobs Effect podcast. Uh, we'll, we'll be discussing all, all, all of the issues concerning the the race to, for Congress in the New York 22. My name is John Brodigan, and joining me, as he will be each and every week, uh, there's the gentleman who's looking to become the next congressman for upstate New York, uh, Martin Babinick. Welcome. Thanks, John. Happy to be here. So, so how's upstate New York treating you today? Oh, never a dull moment here in upstate New York. Lots of excitement, and I'm glad to be in this race. Uh, so uh, it's, this is our first podcast, and um, I usually start off uh, the first time I'm talking to someone. I usually start with the same two-part question, like, you know, who are you and why are you running uh, for what you're running for? So let's start off. Who is Martin Babinick? All right. Well, John, I'm a native here in upstate New York, uh, growing up in a small town, my hometown of Little Falls, which is about an hour east of Syracuse. And um, this is a mill town, like many others, uh, along the Erie Canal. And as I grew up in this community, my uh, parents uh, raised a family of seven children with uh, my dad working uh, in a factory here in the area and a stay-at-home mom. And being a very fortunate not only to have uh, their loving guidance, but uh, the quality of this community is something that's very important to me, and um, certainly a reason that as I went out and about uh, the world that I ended up boomeranging back to this uh, this very town of Little Falls. But after uh, high school and community college uh, here in the area, I went on to complete my undergraduate degree in Pennsylvania at Shippensburg University and then embarked on a uh, career with Navy Exchanges, which operates the post exchanges for the U.S. Navy or retail stores, and had the good fortune of uh, doing that all over the world, uh, East Coast, West Coast, uh, Pacific, and in Europe. And my final assignment uh, was in uh, the San Francisco Bay Area with Navy Exchanges. And little did I know that uh, when I... um, began my entrepreneurial journey there in the Silicon Valley um, in 1988, that the small business that I was creating um, was destined to really grow, and uh, we helped create a new industry. And, and I didn't understand or appreciate much about the dynamics of, of being in that environment, but I can look back in retrospect now and say how important that environment was uh, to uh, create something new and um, and get a lot of help from people to make that possible. So the company that I started is called Trinet, and uh, Trinet delivers a range of services in helping small to mid-sized companies handle all the headaches of being an employer. And we uh, do that with uh, not only handling things like payroll and benefits administration and compliance, but all the issues that can uh, really be challenges for businesses to attract and keep their top talent. And what was pretty important for us early on in the business was uh, recognizing that by our honing in on a target market, in our case, emerging growth technology companies, uh, we became best in class uh, for delivering these services to companies that were starting small and growing fast themselves. And that ended up putting me on a trajectory to uh, really be close to my customer, learn a lot from them, and uh, grow a business that uh, 
would eventually uh, rise to a stage as it is today of uh, having about 10,000 customers around the U.S. They collectively employ about 340,000 um, people. So we're, we're actually one of the largest uh, employers in the U.S. as these employees are all aggregated uh, under our group. And that journey um, continued in an interesting fashion and in a connection with Upstate as in 1999, I moved my family from Silicon Valley back to my hometown of Little Falls as my wife and I decided we wanted to raise our children here not only to take advantage of our uh, educational systems and uh, kind of the quality of life in the area, but also to be close to family. These were all things that uh, were important for us. And uh, even though it ended up creating a situation where um, I was commuting from Little Falls back to Silicon Valley while still running my company, and when I first uh, moved back here, I thought I'd be doing that for just a couple years. But one thing led to another, and including challenges in the uh, early 2000 period where um, we had lots of uh, headwinds and as the, the dot-com bubble burst and um, all those technology company customers I had that were, were so powering the growth throughout the 1990s where suddenly the air was escaping from that bubble and we had lots of headwinds in uh, the 2000 to 2002 period. So um, I ended up doing that cross-country commute for 10 years. And over the course of that commute, I uh, spent a lot of time thinking about the two different worlds that I was living in because um, while I had built a company that was really providing a lot of service and visibility to emerging growth technology companies in not only Silicon Valley, but also places like Boston, New York City, Austin, Texas, and many other places where you have um, economies that are growing very rapidly from the innovation that is created by entrepreneurs in these new industries. And you know, this is something I understood a lot. As I looked around upstate New York and thought about the assets that we have here in the region, I kept scratching my head and saying, you know, why don't we see more of these kind of young, fast-growing companies here in the area because we do have the raw ingredients that should make that possible. So among those ingredients, um, I think about things like um, the number of colleges and universities that we have across upstate New York, around 115 uh, colleges that collectively enroll about a half million college students. And I also think about the um, research and development uh, that goes on to the tune of uh, almost um, $12 billion a year. And finally, um, the access to capital, not only capital that's here in the area, but our close proximity to Wall Street um, and the number of ties we've got, both personal ties and institutional ties to the capital markets. These are all like really powerful advantages. And yet, as a region, we are... Um, on the metric of venture capital, uh, which is professional money going into the fastest growth companies, we're actually pretty far down the list. So that was something that I spent a great deal of time contemplating. Um, and what I would do if I had a chance to uh, throw some time and resources at that. So in uh, 
the year 2010, when I had finally stepped down uh, as chairman of Trinet, I began that journey um, full-time in trying to change that direction. And for the last uh, six years, this has been my focus on a pro bono basis, I'd say, uh, as a volunteer, as I've uh, created a nonprofit called Upstate Venture Connect, which uh, has as its mission um, helping those first-time entrepreneurs in these new industries uh, get going and get connected to the resources that could help them grow uh, not only new companies, but create the kind of jobs that can power our regional economy here in upstate New York. And that's what I've been doing for the last six years. And so I, I guess the big question, uh, and uh, admittedly, I'm, you know, I have, I have a biased view, viewpoint here, but I mean, by, by any measure, you've led a pretty successful pro, uh, professional life. Why would you want to run for Congress? Well, in some ways, uh, John, it is a continuation of what I've been doing for the last six years, uh, in that I believe the only way that we have a chance of restoring the economic vitality that this area once knew, it's, it's not going to come back through manufacturing. It's not going to come back from what we saw in prior generations. Our chance to restore economic vitality is to embrace the future, and that's going to happen through helping entrepreneurs start companies and create jobs and not one that requires um, the government to do that, but really through the private sector. So the reason I'm running for Congress is I'm sick and tired of hearing our politicians brag about how they're going to create jobs, and yet even though we hear these promises time after time again, none of them have solutions that are real-world solutions on how to do that. In the six years that I've been working at making this transformational change, we have begun that process of building together the right network of resources that indeed is helping entrepreneurs create companies and jobs to the benefit of the entire region. And I believe that in the role as a congressman, I have the opportunity to accelerate that journey to the next level and really make a difference, both from a policy standpoint and, more importantly, from the opportunity to bring the right people together and help spread the message that we have the opportunity, as a people that live here in the region, to take it upon ourselves to make a difference in helping to shape this environment so that we can keep more of our best and brightest talent right here in the region, instead of watching them uh, leave the area after they graduate from college so that they can pursue opportunities in new industries that they don't see around here. This is not an easy transformation to make. It will not happen overnight. But like any journey, it begins with a few people taking bold steps and building a following so that others can join in that journey and that's the reason I'm running for Congress. And, and I would uh, point okay. out, I'm doing this as an independent because, quite frankly, today's party infrastructure uh, does not 
lend itself to um, embrace this message in the fashion that I've outlined. And by uh, doing it as an independent, I have the opportunity to ask people to join me in this outside of party ideology, because it is um, the important uh, message here is we want to create jobs to keep our families together, keep our best and brightest talent here, and have an economic uh, tide rise that will lift a lot of boats. That actually uh, makes for a perfect segue because speaking of running as an independent and running against the uh, the party structure, uh, I know there's been some issues with you being allowed to uh, run as an independent, specifically from people who are part of that party structure. Uh, can you talk a little um, about where things – and I, I know we're going to be getting in the weeds here, but if you could just talk a little about where things stand as far as you being on the ballot in, the, in November. Yeah, I won't spend too much time on that this week. We'll, we'll actually make that a little bit more in-depth perhaps in our next podcast, but I'll say that um, my petitions uh, were challenged by opponents, and I, in fact, I've actually been sued on this, and uh, – whether or not we emerge on the Independence Party line is to be determined. But we nonetheless have opportunities and a couple other paths to get to the ballot that I'll go into next week. But there's no doubt I will be on the ballot in November for the general election, and voters will have an opportunity to sort through the message from all candidates and when you really think about it, when someone runs as a third party uh, candidate, it doesn't matter what the third party is, because you're really either Democratic, Republican, or a third party. And so which line it is as a third party doesn't really matter. And I'll be there as a third party candidate. And I think next week's podcast, we can go into a little more depth on what that looks like. Okay. So, but, but you know, bottom line, November 1st, 2016, your name is on the ballot. Yes, the general election is November eighth. Oh, okay. And the um, the the ballot uh, process uh, will take clarity. You'll, you'll, there are actually two shots at this. There will be a a shot in the uh, primary day, which is June twenty eighth, and then there is another date that comes up in August, in which uh, uh, new lines will also be recognized. So let's talk about that more next time. Okay. And uh, before we let you go, is, uh, any closing thoughts as we wrap up uh, the, you know, the, the, deb- the debut episode of the Babinick Jobs Effect podcast? Well, the message I'd want to close with is there's a lot of room for people to help. If there is something uh, within this message of taking part in uh, shaping the environment to help job creators make the difference, um, even for people that are not familiar with these new industries, there's a lot of ways that we can all plug in and make a difference. So I encourage people to visit our website at babinickforcongress.com or look at our posts on social media and Facebook uh, and uh, follow us on Twitter at babinickny. Uh, so jump aboard because we need all the help and uh, hope to create a following from uh, people of all parties. Well, let's finish. Uh, we'll, we'll wrap things up there. Uh, Martin Babinick, thanks for joining us this week. All right. Thanks, John. And uh, th- thank you, thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, you can find us again. It's Babinick for Congress, B-A-B, 
I-N-E-C for congress.com. Find us on Facebook. Find us on Twitter. Uh, and we'll talk to you next week. <laughs>